Brayden, are you ready for another exciting episode of Mentor Moments? I am. I am. Uh, we just want to take this time and just thank you guys for continuing to tune in and listen to Dr. Keener and I chat with some of our awesome uh, guests. It's been a lot of fun. So just thanks again. And as a reminder, Mentor Moments is a collaboration between Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Student Organization and the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter. If I want to do something and I enjoy doing something, I want to make sure that everybody else has the ability to try and enjoy those same activities. On this episode of Mentor Moments, we are welcomed by Dr. Gina Oswald. Dr. Oswald is an associate professor at University of Maine at Farmington. Okay, we are live. All right. Well, Gina, thanks again for, you know, taking the time out of your day to talk with us and give us the opportunity to learn more about you. We'd love to hear a little bit about your career, just kind of what has led you to where you are today. Absolutely. Well, thank you both for having me. It is an honor and a pleasure. So a little bit about me. I've actually kind of taken a, a really interesting pathway to get to where I am. And it's been a really fun ride. I can, I can say that honestly. I started back when I was 19 working at a county sheltered workshop for people with intellectual and developmental disabilities. I was a substitute who went in and worked in various sites with various groups of people whenever somebody was sick or somebody had surgery or, or for whatever reason, on vacation, whatever. And so I just bounced around and worked with different people in different areas for a couple of years. And it was such a fun experience getting to meet so many different people and, and work on so many different things. But uh, I did that while I was finishing my bachelor's degree. Um, in uh, history and psychology and getting degrees in those fields, I realized I couldn't really get a job with a bachelor's. And so um, I just came across a, the master's in rehabilitation counseling at Kent State, which was the university I was going to. And so uh, I heard about it, it sounded interesting and I went for it. And at that time I became the graduate assistant for the program. And through that opportunity, I also was able to be a job coach and a job developer for the on-campus transition program for high school youth in the area who came to campus to work on work skills. And so I did that for a couple years. And then when I was finishing my master's degree, I became a vocational rehabilitation counselor intern. And I worked with the uh, general State Voc Rehab Agency and the uh, Services for the Visually Impaired. And I did that for my internship and was immediately hired into uh, State Voc Rehab as a counselor, but in the rural counties of Wayne and Holmes County, Ohio, uh, which is um, very rural farm country. And Holmes County was, not sure if it still is, but it was the largest Amish community in the world when I was working it, which was a, a super interesting 
cultural experience and, and I loved working with that community. And I uh, worked uh, for BVR for five years um, with Wayne and Holmes County and then Stark County. And then at, uh, when I had been in there for a couple years, I decided to go back for my PhD. And while I was getting my PhD, I was the program coordinator for that transition program that I worked for when I was getting my master's degree. So in my master's, I worked as a job coach for it. And in my PhD, I actually ran it, which was a, which was a super cool um, progression. And uh, so I did that for a couple years while I was getting my um, coursework done. And then once my coursework done, I got my job at Maryville University with Michael. Um, so yeah, so I was an assistant professor at Maryville University of St. Louis for four years, which was really exciting. And I learned so much about teaching and learning and um, community service and service learning. It was just a really wonderful experience uh, to get to focus on my teaching for four years. And then I decided that I wanted to then move on and work on more grants and research. And I was able to take a position at Wright State University in Dayton, Ohio. And I was there for eight years. And during that time, I was promoted to associate and then to full professor. I ran the program the undergraduate rehabilitation services program. I ran the transition to work endorsement program uh, for special ed teachers. I also started the veteran services minor and the disability studies minor, and I ran those. And by the end, before I left, I was the faculty director uh, for the Center for Teaching and Learning, which I totally credit my time at Maryville for giving me the, the knowledge and the interest to to really focus on connecting with the CTL and then becoming the faculty director there. So I did that until I found Maine and fell in love and absolutely knew I needed to be here. And so I took a position at the University of Maine at Farmington and I work in the undergraduate rehabilitation services program. I spearhead the online rehab services program, and I oversee the assistive technology center on campus. So as of right now, I am an associate professor at UMF. And so that is my long-winded story of saying how I got to where I am. <laughs> that's, no, that's amazing. <clears throat> that's amazing. It's, it's great to see the sort of the arc of your career. And again, you know, as, as, the podcast mentor moments really sort of seeing how you strategically crafted your career to meet sort of your love and passion and then to also kind of continue to build it to the next the next stop the next position the next opportunity absolutely and i really did think it was um you know one of those things where you just keep keep digging at your dream job because you find something else and then you see something else and then you're like, oh, that is what I want. Or, oh, I want to move in this direction. And, and it really is one of those fun progressions we do over 20 years. And, and then you get to like the spot where you're like, oh, yeah, I'm good. Like, I think I think this will work out. And it's just fun. So, yeah. And and it has truly allowed me to to find out who I am and what I like and then to keep moving in that direction. Yeah, I, 
I really appreciate like the the emphasis on just how fun it is and that, how fun that process has been. I think just from a student perspective, sometimes that process can be almost daunting. Like, where do I want to go? What's my whole life purpose? Where am I going to go? But just riding that journey out and having fun while you're doing it. I love, I love that perspective of it. Absolutely. And, and I really think that's what it is. Cause I think that we, we go to school and we think, Oh, and I'm going to get my dream job and I'm and and I'm, and I'm, and I have to know what my dream job is so I can get my dream job when I graduate. And, um, that's not really how it works. Like in your practicum and in your internship, you can try things out and see what you like and what you don't like, but it's this natural progression. And Oh, by the way, as we get older, we change and we evolve and our interests change and what we want to do evolves. Is that the career rainbow? Are we talking about the career rainbow here? Life stages? Different life stages? I, I'm not. I'm not sure. I, it also makes me think of Gina, like it's the dream job of right now, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean, you know, it, it's not like, as you said, but, but both the job and we change and society changes. And so, you know, to, to really. Services and, you know, um, the needs of people change. And, and <clears throat> I think it's, <clears throat> I think it's having that ability to kind of ride the wave. And be like, yeah, I'm not sure, but let's just see how it goes and be okay with that kind of um, not having all the answers. Having multiple different jobs and different experiences, what is something that our listeners or even people that know you wouldn't know? So, what is something that is that you want to share with our listeners that also has helped you in your job? I thought about this a lot and, and I thought, um, you know, one thing that I don't think that people know about me unless they ask me a question like this in which I, uh, tell them specifically is that, you know, most of the things I do right now, most of my focus for my research and my grants and my activities and my work it's all based on not only what I want to do, but this intense personal philosophy that if I want to do something and I enjoy doing something, I want to make sure that everybody else has the ability to try and enjoy those same activities. Um, it is not fair to not include everybody. And so I have projects on the accessible trail system that we built when I got here, because I was like, I hike constantly and I expect everybody to be able to get out into the woods and to enjoy that. I'm working with um, some people on an adaptive paddleboard because I picked up paddleboarding this year and I love it last year. And um, I want to make sure that if people want to be a paddleboarder, that they can do it no matter what their abilities are. Um, I, I work, um, on accessible maker spaces and ensuring that kids are getting in STEM and they're not getting tracked out of it because I really enjoy going to our maker space and building some, I, well, we recently just worked on, so at my university, our, um, mascot is the beaver. And so now we 3d printed a little, a little baby beaver that's got little gargoyle rings, uh, wings. Cause as, as Mike knows, I'm obsessed with Halloween. <laughs> and, um, 
And so I wanted to have like a little uh, prototype of a beaver that we could switch out for different holidays and then, you know. And so I, I just want to make sure that if I enjoy doing something that other people have the opportunity to try it too. Uh, I just finished a book uh, that is going into print uh, on universal design and study abroad for students with disabilities because I love traveling. I believe in transformational travel. And uh, one of the things that was really important to me when I was at Wright State is we developed a completely fully inclusive travel course that students with any type of disability could go on. And uh, the director of our Office of Disability Services and I actually led that trip. We took students over to the UK. Um, and then we came back and we wrote a book about it. And, and it's being published through um, AHEAD. And it's, it's this concept that I want to do it. And I don't want anybody telling me I can't do it because of XYZ. So I don't want other people to hit roadblocks. And so I have had the blessed experience of being in a position that I can actually work on those projects and have the freedom. I mean, I teach a class on mindfulness. I mean, does it get any better when you get to marry your personal passions with like getting to call it work and getting a paycheck for it? I don't know. I taught a class on um, the fundamentals of fierce advocacy. I mean, it's just, uh, I think I have way too much fun with work, baby. <laughs> but, um, you know, this is this is what I do, and um, I've I've had the the pleasure and the uh, I don't know um, opportunity to be able to to actually you know make a career out of it, and and so. Well, that's what I, I mean, if there was a theme, what I, I mean, I know you gave the theme, but I guess if I'm summarizing opportunity and inclusion, right? So, so how, how can everybody have the opportunities and then also everybody be included in those opportunities? So, yeah. And how do we, how do we educate people so that they know those are even opportunities and then take out the, the barriers and the stumbling blocks that would keep them from getting to participate? I love that. I, it sounds like where you're at now, you, I mean, going on that opportunity theme, it seems like you've been given a lot of opportunity to you know, explore those different areas of life. I mean, the, the, all those projects that you're involved in, I'm curious if there's any other great things that you'd like to highlight about what you're doing right now um, with, you know, all the projects that you're doing. Um, just a few great things that um, you have for working for, you know, your employers and um, those universities. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I think I think right now what what really excites me now is my international work. So um, not only like the universal design and study abroad things, but I've been working with UK partners uh, at Anglia Ruskin University. And this past fall, another wild opportunity that came up, uh, our university got a grant to do a global virtual exchange because we weren't able to travel to the other countries to do travel courses because of the pandemic. They, uh, we got funding to do uh, virtual exchanges in which I taught 
community organizing 101 at UMF, and my counterpart, Julia Carr, taught community organizing 101 at Anglia Ruskin University. And then we had synchronous Zoom meetings with our students, and they did group projects. So our students were virtually taking the classes together and then doing group projects together. And it was all around, we, we focused it on the UNESCO global issues. And uh, so, so these were, you know, like clean water, healthcare, and, you know, the different things that everybody um, struggles with in, in some way, or every area struggles in some way. And then we let our students pick what were the most important ones to them. And then they learned how to be community organizers. And then they went out and they did uh, this community organizing project locally. And then they worked with their counterpart to do it from the the main and the England perspective and and got to see how they were similar, how they were different and had that cultural exchange, you know, right from where they were at. And it was just that really cool um, opportunity to see how projects like that can keep evolving because, you know, four years ago, I was taking students over to ARU, but we couldn't do that right now. So we're doing the virtual exchange and, and all of the different ways in which that can kind of permeate and, and manifest. And so I'm really excited with that. Um, I'm really excited with all of my um, health and wellness stuff around mindfulness, around accessible trails, around uh, accessible outdoor recreation. That's, that's a super uh, fun project I'm working on and my accessible makerspace. That's that's awesome. I, no, nobody could ever say you're a professor in your ivory tower, right? That that you're sort of somehow not connected to the 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 community, and and it's not even just the community, the the larger world, I guess, as as well. Yeah, I'm I'm certainly doing my best to be a global citizen and just get out there and try different things and. Take people with me so they can do it too. So you're our first professor on Mentor Moments. And so I'm going, to, I'm going to throw, I mean, I just say throw you a curveball here, but like if somebody was listening to this and was thinking about a PhD, I'd rather to again, go clinical, to go administration, to go teaching, I, I don't know, any, any kind of thoughts about life as a faculty member. I mean, we're getting a little bit, from it now, but any kind of maybe, I don't know, other tips or suggestions about sort of pursuing that route? Yeah. Um, well, the first thing I would say is it is not easy. It is not easy. Um, but it's pretty worth it. I mean, I'm, I'm really happy with, with the way, you know, my career has turned out. I think what I would recommend to students who might be interested or, or anyone in general who might be interested in a PhD, I think that number one, they, they need to be clear on what is expected um, in the program, but then also really talk to faculty members about what, what the career of a professor looks like right now and what it looks like right now in different universities. Um, you know, demographics are changing in this um, nation and, you know, college 
populations are getting smaller. And so, um, you know, there aren't always going to be as many jobs. And so you really got to want it. And so I would encourage students to talk to, you know, teaching institutions, talk to people at research institutions and, and really see like, what are your options? And are those really what you want to do? I decided to go back for my PhD because when I worked at, you know, State Folk Rehab, I saw things that were working and I saw things that weren't working and I wanted to do research on what wasn't working and to figure out how to make it better. And so like, I always had a clear, like I'm doing this because I want to do this. Um, and so don't go into it cause you just don't know what else to do. Like be really intentional. It's not going to be easy, but if you, you know, are, intentional and strategic and all of those other things like you can end up like me and really loving what you're doing and you know there's going to be you know days that aren't great or this or that but you can really find the type of institution you want to work at find the projects you want to work at find the colleagues you want to work with and um and really make an amazing career and and make it I, that's the other thing i always thought about when i decided that i wanted to go back for my phd and i wanted to teach was i was working for the state and i knew that in a year i might have 100 people on my caseload so in a year i might work with 100 people and that was great i could i could really impact 100 people's lives in a meaningful way but as a teacher i might work with you know 40 to 100 students in a year and those 40 to 100 students are going to work with 100 people. And I can help them, you know, know what the evidence-based practices are and know, you know, what the legislation is and know how to really work with people in a, in a really productive and effective way. And so now I went from helping 100 people to helping 4,000 people a year or, you know, having that impact. And, and I thought that was something that would be something I wanted to pursue, you know? And so, so you have to recognize that, you know, no, I'm not gonna maybe necessarily work with people with disabilities day in and day out as a service provider, but I'm going to help, you know, this many people who are going to go do that. And, yeah, I know we talk about in class, like sort of a, a systems approach and Dr. Dr. Bertolini often talks about like throwing a rock in the water in the ripple effect. And that's, I guess, what I hear you, right? That that ripple effect is, okay, we are impacting this person, but then they're, you know, then they're branching out. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, so many awesome things that you've already, you know, shared with us. Um, every sentence you've said could be a, a mentor moment, could be a, a piece of advice. Um, I think that it'd be great for us just to hear any kind of um, advice or tips that you might have for our listeners as your uh, mentor moment. Absolutely. Um, I thought about this too, and and I really, I really want my mentor tip to be: be bold. Don't be afraid. I think so often. Um, people kind of stick with what they know or they stick with what they think they're supposed to do and, or they wait for an opportunity to come to them. And I wanna say, you gotta make those opportunities. 
you got to say, I want that. And they're not looking at me for it, but I want it. And so I'm going to like get out there and be in the running and I need to make myself clear. I need to, you know, show that I can and I want it. And, and so I think that, that really we need to um, just be bold and, and, and really go after what we want, figure it out and then go for it and then own it and be like, yeah, I wanted it going for it. And I'm going to do what it takes to make you understand that you want to give it to me. Right. Like, like I wanted this job. So, you know, I went after it. And, and I think so often people don't, you know, want to make waves or they don't want to, um, you know, they, they, they're waiting for someone to recognize in them that they want it and they want something or they're, they're good at something or whatever. And if you're waiting for somebody else to make it happen for you, it's just not going to, or it's going to be 40 years from now. Nobody's got time for that. So. Well, it, yeah, that makes me think of in listening to our, our talk here. I, I think in the beginning, I would have said it's risk taking to move for a new job, right? And then to see that you sort of did it three times and now hearing your mentor to be bold, it's no, it's, it's not a risk when you're investing in yourself, right? It, it's, it's sort of being proactive and being bold and embracing that opportunity to, to advance, to do the next challenge or to, yeah, to see what the, the horizon has for you. Right. We or I always say, you know, rehabbers are only limited by their creativity and their flexibility, right? So like we're we're outside of the boxers all the time. And and so for me it's just like you really just have to go after it. And yeah, I've moved three times all by myself and I'm just like, I don't know anybody there. Okay, let's just do that. That's fine. And it and it works out, you know, because you put you put you put yourself out there and you work really hard and it pays off. It really does. Well, Gina, I can't thank you enough for being on Mentor a Moment. I, I know our listeners will will uh, be as pleased and, and benefit as well. So we wish you all the best. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a wonderful pleasure. So if you're listening to this, that means that you're listening to Mentor Moments. That means that you're probably listening on either Spotify or Apple Music, or maybe you're listening some other way. Uh, we just want to recommend that you continue to listen. Uh, tune into some of our previous episodes um, and stay tuned. Subscribe to us um, because we'll have plenty more episodes coming your way as well. In addition to the podcast, we have two other ways for you to stay connected with the Missouri Rehabilitation Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. We are proud to announce the creation of a YouTube channel and a blog. Both the blog and the YouTube channel will have all things related to the Missouri Rehab Association Eastern Chapter and Maryville University's Rehabilitation Counseling Program. Check us out.